Hey there, educational rock stars. Are you feeling overwhelmed with lesson planning for your English language learners? Well, I've got some exciting news for you. Introducing our upcoming free webinar, Simplify Your Approach, Three Time-Saving Routines for ELL Success. Join me for a power-packed 45 minutes that's set to revolutionize your teaching strategy. In this webinar, we'll dive into three practical, easy-to-implement routines that will not only enhance your ELL teaching methods, but also save you hours of planning time. Yes, hours. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, these insights are tailored to help everyone make the most of their teaching time. Plus, you'll leave this webinar ready to implement these routines the next day. So mark your calendars for our two upcoming dates. I don't want you to miss this opportunity to transform your ELL lesson planning. To reserve your spot, simply sign up at www.equippingells.com slash routines. Trust me, your future self will thank you for it. I'll see you at the webinar. Teaching ELL students is a privilege and a joy. Is it easy? No way. But with the right support, you can feel empowered to tackle each day with ease and confidence. I'm your host, Beth Boucher, founder of Inspiring Young Learners. With over 10 years of teaching both nationally and internationally, I know what it takes to ensure that your ELL students have what they need to thrive today, tomorrow, and for life. I'm on a mission to empower you to equip your English language learners. Welcome to Equipping ELLs. Let's get to today's episode. Well, hey, Sarah, welcome back to the show. I'm so happy you're here again. Hi, Beth. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited to chat with you today. I am super excited too, because I know this is a topic that a lot of teachers, myself included, struggled with knowing how what to do, how to teach, especially in the area of writing and ELLs. That's a tricky topic and one that I just recently did a podcast on. So this is perfect to kind of extend that and talk a little bit more about that. Sarah has been on the show a while back. I was looking at episode 43 and 44, some of the most listened to episodes because you have so much information to share and you're just such an expert in your field. So in those episodes, she was talking about the essential components of creating skilled readers. We talked about the two strands and really focusing on our comprehension strand of reading. So today we're going to go a little bit more in depth on that and also hit on writing and syntax. So this is going to be an awesome episode. Sarah, maybe give a brief summary of those two previous episodes that we recorded back in September, I think it was, because that kind of helps leads us into what we're talking about today. Absolutely. So I I loved recording those episodes with you. And we talked all about language comprehension, which is one of the strands in Scarborough's Reading Rope. Um, And this is one of the things that I have just enjoyed learning so much about over the last couple of years as I've really dug into the science of reading and learned more about how our brains learn to read. And syntax is one of those elements of language comprehension. So there, well, let me back up here. Scarborough's Reading Rope, you know, says that in order for students to become skilled readers, they really need to have strong skills in sort of two categories. There's word recognition and then language comprehension. And students need to be strong in both areas if we want them to be able to comprehend what they read. Word recognition covers areas like decoding, sight word recognition, 
phonological awareness, you know, sort of the actual act of being able to read. And then language comprehension is where the actual understanding comes in. And this is great because I think comprehension is one of those things that is abstract in general. Like how do we teach a student to comprehend? Well, the language comprehension strand of Scarborough's Reading Rope really gives us a roadmap for teaching comprehension. And we know that in order for students to understand, they need to have background knowledge, they need to have vocabulary, they need to have an understanding of syntax, they need to have an understanding of literacy, um, literacy principles, so like genre, text structure, things like that. And they need to be able to have the ability for verbal reasoning, making inferences. And so when we focus on those things in our instruction, we should be able to help our students become skilled readers. Amazing. I love that. And I love that there's a <laughs> road, there's a path to take on the comprehension side because I was, Absolutely. I was your early years teacher. So it was like, okay, yeah, I can do phonics and decoding and, and all this phonemic awareness. And then you, they get to the comprehension when I was doing fourth grade. I was like, now what do we do? Like, just keep reading and keep talking and keep questioning. I don't, so this is really exciting <laughs> that there's actually like hit on these things when you're talking about the comprehension piece, it's needed for that direction. So we're going to dive into really focusing on syntax. And this is so crucial for English language learners. All of the areas are really crucial for all of our learners, but I think this is an area that can be really confusing. It can be really hard to pinpoint and, and figure out what to do. So we're excited. Start us off with explaining more about what is syntax. Yeah. And so syntax is like one of those words that I remember, like, yes. I've heard it before. <laughs> I think I, should I know. know what it means. I should know, but like, I probably can't tell you just like off the top of my head what it means without looking it up. So uh, if that's you, no worries. I think we're all in that same boat. But syntax is, it's it's one of these things that I just, I, I get, I, I nerd out over it now. Like I get so excited <laughs> to talk about it. But syntax is basically the rule system for any language. And it tells speakers and writers how to combine in order words so that they make sense. So basically it is the rules that govern our language. So practically speaking, it is it tells us, you know, how do we combine words to form phrases? It tells us how to set up the structure of a sentence. You know, we know all sentences have to have a predicate, they have to have a subject, the subject has to come before the predicate. Syntax mm -hmm. is the rules that tells us about those things. You know, syntax tells us how to order and arrange words and phrases in complex sentences so that they still make sense and are written correctly. So it has everything to do with understanding the structure of sentences so that when we read a sentence or when we're communicating orally, you know, the person that we're communicating with actually understands what we're saying. So sentence structure is so important when it comes to being able to understand any sort of written language. Especially with our English language learners, because I'm just thinking right now, as you're saying this, in their their language has their own syntax, their own way of forming a sentence of, of the word order, um, which is why a lot of times we see with our ELLs that they might put the adjective in a different spot in because mm -hmm. they're translating. And so we see a lot of those, the word order being messed up or the, the understanding being um, misconstrued because of how they're viewing the syntax of a sentence. So I think this is really going to be helpful for us to figure out ways that we can help support these students um, to really help them identify the rules that govern English. So why do you think sentence structure is important to reading comprehension? How do those two go together? Yeah, so it, I think it's interesting because usually when we think about teaching students, students about sentences, we think about it from a writing perspective, mm -hmm. but actually having an understanding of sentence structure is really important for reading comprehension. 
action, which is why it's part of Scarborough's reading rope. It's an element that we need to focus on. And it's actually something that I encourage teachers to do, you know, when you're reading aloud, when you're reading any text, take a minute and focus in on a sentence and the comprehension of a sentence. And the reason why it's so important for reading comprehension, if you think about it, comprehension really begins at the sentence level. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it, it sort of is working backwards. If we want students to understand the meaning of an entire text, well, they need to be able to look at individual sentences and understand what is happening in that specific sentence. Every sentence has a little mini story within it. And we want students to be able to understand what is happening in those little mini stories. And I think especially in upper elementary and as students encounter more complex texts, they see more complex sentences. They see compound sentences. So two simple sentences joined with a conjunction. And oftentimes that conjunction and, but yet, so, you know, that has a lot of influence on the meaning of a sentence Mm -hmm. or they encounter complex sentences that begin with a, you know, subordinating conjunction and a dependent clause and then an independent clause. And if they don't understand the relationship between the dependent clause and the independent clause, they're going to have a hard time understanding what that specific sentence is. And oftentimes, you know, the these complex sentences can have a lot of extra details about the subject or about the predicate, but students need to be able to understand, you know, where do those details belong, you know, the overall story within the sentence, if they want to be able to comprehend it. And so sentence structure is important for reading comprehension because we start comprehending at the sentence level. And if students don't understand the rules and the reasons why words are combined in a specific order, they're really going to struggle to comprehend these complex texts that they're being exposed to. And I love that you hit on that because, you know, like you said, we really think of syntax being related to writing and we jump there, but there's so much that happens when we focus on the comprehension piece of the the reading piece, whether it's just orally, you know, really that's such a huge piece that I think we, we, we miss out on those opportunities sometimes when we're doing read alouds, when we're being really intentional about previewing a text and, and deciding beforehand, Hey, this is a sentence I want to highlight because there's so much that we can investigate on this. We, I, you know, giving students opportunities to really explore the language, explore the sentences before they ever get into the writing piece, that is going to help prepare them because then I think a lot of times we jump into the writing piece without that background, without that front loading, without those opportunities to model and explore and investigate. And now we're expecting them to write complex sentences because they're in fifth grade and they should be able to do that. Let's talk a little bit about that. Can you explain the role that sentence structure plays then in writing? Absolutely. And I think this is, again, one of those things where it's like, maybe it seems obvious. We want our students to understand how to write sentences. And I know oftentimes in writing, like if we think about it, we teach grammar, right? Like I remember teaching in fourth grade, like here's four types of sentences. You can write Mm -hmm. a question, a statement, an exclamation, a command. Here's different types of sentences, a simple sentence, a complex sentence, a compound sentence. But we rarely connect sentence writing to actual paragraph and essay writing. And the reality of it is, is the sentences are the foundation of all future writing. So whether it is a paragraph, an essay, a letter, an article, a novel, whatever it is that you're writing, you're going to have sentences in it. And I think one of the keys to becoming a really skilled and strong writer is having the ability to write a variety of sentences. Mm -hmm. If your students only know how to write a simple sentence that begins with, you know, a a very basic subject and a predicate and has maybe one adjective and one adverb, like if that is the only way they know how to write sentences, they're going to really 
struggle to be a strong and creative writer. And if they struggle with it, they're not going to enjoy it. Sentence writing really is the foundation of all future writing. And it's one of those things where we too often teach it in isolation. And rather than teaching sentence writing in isolation, we need to make it a regular part of, you know, our paragraph writing instruction and our essay instruction. So students can see where it's like, okay, this is why I need to understand how to write four types of sentences. And this is why I need to understand how to write, you know, simple compound complex sentences. So actually putting it into the application, but yeah, at, at the very, at the very sort of basic level sentence, Sentence writing is the foundation of all writing. And if our students struggle to write complete and coherent sentences, they are going to struggle to write paragraphs and essays and anything more complex than that. So kind of hitting on that, Sarah, you know, why is it that this doesn't get more instructional time in our classrooms? I wonder that myself. I'm like, why, (laughs) if, if sentence writing is like the foundation of being a strong writer and it plays a key role in reading comprehension, why isn't it getting more airtime in our classrooms? And I think there's a variety of reasons, you know, it's, there's our writing curriculum is not set up to create, to, to support students who maybe struggle with sentence writing. You know, most of our writing curriculum is set up to support students who are on level. Yeah. Um, and so, especially if you're working with ELL students or upper elementary students, they expect students to write complete sentences at that grade level. I think there's also a lack of training and support for teachers that schools are providing. I think there's so much focus on reading and math that we forget that writing is just as essential. But I think one of the biggest problems is that our writing instruction focuses on writing as a product rather than writing as a process. Mm. And that product in most classrooms is going to be the production of a five paragraph essay at the end of the year or whatever the state test demands. And Mm. so not that I'm going to say all of our problems are because of state testing, but, you know, we're focused so much on that product, right? Like we Mm. want our students to be able to write that five paragraph essay. and so our sort of natural connection to that is if at the end of the year, my students are expected to write a five paragraph essay, then I need to spend most of my time on essay development and teaching them how to write an essay. And we forget though, that the foundation of writing that essay is sentence writing. And if students struggle with that, like if they struggle with sentence writing, then we need to start there. I I love giving the analogy that writing is very similar to building a house. Mm-hmm. And you would not put the roof on a house that does not have a foundation and walls already built. You know, that is essential. And the same is true with writing. We should not focus on essay development until our students have mastered sentence level writing and even paragraph level writing because our students, they're not ready for essays. Just yeah. like a house is not ready for a roof until it has a foundation and framing and walls. Um, And so we just have to be, you know, we have to be really intentional about meeting our students where they are at. And we have to realize that our instructional time is going to be so much more powerful if we give students the tools to understand how to write strong sentences. Because the thing is, you know, in your class, you're going to have a wide range of students. And if Mm -hmm. you have students who are already strong writers they're going to naturally be able to write an essay with very little support from you because they get it. They understand the tools of writing. But your students who struggle with writing and still don't understand how to write a complete sentence, they're not going to get to that essay level writing ability unless you give them support at the very beginning. So we really just need to be committed to building a strong writing foundation. And that starts with helping students learning how to write complete and correct sentences. I could not agree with you more. And I love that what you said, just focusing on writing as a process, not a product. 
And I think too, making the point, because I know I have a lot of um, teachers that are in my membership that I talk to, and, and it's kind of this battle of the ESL teachers wanting to support the students and knowing, hey, we need to slow down. We need to focus on helping them build sentences. They're, this is where they're at. But then getting the pushback, especially when it's fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth up, you know, from the homeroom teachers saying, no, we like this kid has to write an essay or it's not graded. It's not counted. They're going to fail it if they don't write the essay. And so I think it's important to just state this is not dumbing down what is being expected of the students. This is giving them the foundation so that they can soar, that they can then in a year from now, after they've spent so much time reading, investigating, analyzing, doing different strategies to really work on their writing a sentence, a solid, strong sentence, they're going to be able to soar. And so I think it's important that we make that point that this is not watering down curriculum or dumbing down the curriculum, um, but it's really providing the students with the support they need where they are you know, right now. Absolutely. And I think the other thing to keep in mind is that, you know, because we're sort of backtracking and meeting students where they are at, this doesn't mean that you need to spend one entire year on only writing sentences. Yeah. But, you know, our, it's like once our students learn how to do something, they're able to do it quicker and, you know, more consistently. And so it's like, if we constantly put the demand of writing an essay that they have no tools, they don't understand how to do it. They can't, you know, figure out how to organize their thoughts into sentences. They're going to struggle with essay writing the entire year. But if we start the year on, you know, spending a couple weeks with like sentence level writing and a couple weeks on paragraph level writing, your students are going to have some tools that are going to make it a whole lot easier for them to write the essays. And the other thing is, is with both, like both focusing on sentence level writing and paragraph level writing, because I think both are important if yeah. we want to help students eventually get to essays. They, this doesn't take a long time. There are really quick and easy things that teachers can do. Uh, we just need to be committed to building that foundation. Absolutely. And let's go into that because I know you and I love a good routine, something that we can set up <laughs> that the students really just, they are able to do it without thinking. I know there's a lot of amazing writing routines. Do you have any that you could share with us that are just some quick and easy ways that teachers can focus on the sentence level writing in their classroom? Yeah, absolutely. So I I have five sentence level writing activities that I think should be incorporated. And in. I mean, they, and really in any classroom, these are things you can do even with lower elementary, they work great in upper elementary or middle school or high school. And I've turned these five into a sentence writing routine. So every Monday, students are going to do the same thing every Tuesday, every Wednesday, but you can do these activities in isolation. You can do, you know, every, you could, there's a variety of ways that you can do them. So some of my favorite activities, one is called expanding a sentence. And this is where you're going to teach students how to write a, a detailed sentence that goes beyond, you know, the dog barked. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what students are going to do, and I think it works really great if you can bring in an image or an artifact, or yeah. if you're learning something in science or social studies, connect it to another subject, but have students write a sentence based off of an object. And they're going to start with answering basically the five W questions to create their sentence. So who is the sentence about the dog? What is the dog doing? Barking. Then when is the dog barking? You know, in the afternoon, the dog is barking. Where is the dog barking? In the afternoon, the dog is barking in the park, you know, whatever it is, but they're going to go through and they're going to ask who is doing what, 
when, where, why, and then they can throw in how. But rather than telling them, I want you to write a detailed sentence that includes adjectives, you know, prepositional phrases, all of these things, you're going to have them slowly over time add in one detail to where they're going to expand a sentence. And this is great because you can easily differentiate for your students. So maybe some students are just going to answer the questions, who is doing what, when? And that's, that's enough for them, you know, but maybe you've got other students and you want them to answer all five questions and put all of the details together and write it in two different ways to organize the details in two different ways. So this is just really a great way to teach students how they can add details to their sentence. I think oftentimes we give students prompts like add more details, but Mm -hmm. they don't know what details to add. So, yeah. So teaching them to use the five W questions to add details to their sentences and slowly expand it is a really great way to help students develop just strong writing sentence ability. Absolutely. And I I think too, just the fun of it, of having everybody, you know, have the same picture, but then seeing all the variety of ways that you can come up with one sentence for that Mm -hmm. same picture is really a great way to help expand the student's vocabulary, help them see different ways that they could have used the verb. So I think such a simple way, but really can be profound, especially if you do it in a routine where, you know, every Monday, this is what they're expected to do, or you break it down each day. They just add one part to that. They answer one question. And by the end of the week, they, they put their sentence together and share out something like that. I love that. Absolutely. So the next sentence level activity that I think is great to do is find and fix the fragment. And I know Mm -hmm. when I taught fourth grade, I had many students that would write in fragments and we tell students, this is an incomplete sentence. You need to correct it. But I think and the idea of a fragment is difficult for students. You know, when they, when we say this is an incomplete sentence, they're like, but look, it begins with a capital letter and it ends with a period. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't understand why is this a fragment? <laughs> so constantly giving them exposure and understanding why is this sentence a fragment, I think can be really helpful. So for this activity, you just have to write three sentences on the board. One of them is going to be a fragment, so not a true sentence. And read the three sentences with your students and have them identify the fragment. So that's the first step, you know, and this helps them, you know, especially if they're seeing a fragment in comparison to the other sentences. So they can be like, oh yeah, this one's missing information. And -hmm. it can be really helpful to have both the sentences that are correct and the fragments be a similar length. Because I think oftentimes students have this misconception that a complete sentence has to be long, you know, Mm -hmm. but like I said earlier, the dog barked, that is a complete sentence, even though it's three words. So, you know, having all three examples be the same length, but then you want students to fix the fragment and turn it into a complete sentence. And this is a really great opportunity to bring in this idea that complete sentences have to have a noun phrase, which we often refer to as a subject. It has to have a verb phrase, which we often refer to as a predicate. And sometimes depending on the other information, it has to have a comma in order to make it a complete sentence, or it needs to have a conjunction to make it a complete sentence, you know, whatever it is, but you can talk about those specific things and say, okay, this sentence is incomplete because it doesn't have a verb phrase. It has a lot of adjectives describing the Mm -hmm. noun, but we don't know what is happening. So it gives you an opportunity to bring in some of that language that really helps students understand what makes a complete sentence. Hitting on that, that investigative look at writing and just really observing and and doing, you know, because I think the same thing with writing, we say, oh, edit your work or edit your peers' work. And we're not, we haven't given them that opportunity <laughs> to say, yeah, let's do this together. They they need to really engage with the writing and and the observation of writing in order to be able to produce it. 
Absolutely. It goes back to writing as a process and even writing a sentence is a process. And I think even with finding and fixing a fragment, kind of like you mentioned, there's multiple ways to take a fragment and turn it into a complete sentence. So helping students realize that oftentimes with writing, there's not just one correct answer, which I think can also take the pressure off of students to get it correct. You know, it's like, no, there's multiple ways to make this correct. So that's another great activity that you can do. Another example of a sentence level activity that I include in this weekly routine, but you can incorporate it kind of wherever is combining sentences. And I remember when I taught fourth grade in Texas, we had the revising and editing test and combining sentences was like a huge part of it where students had to be able to recognize, you know, two sentences that were combined with a comma and a conjunction to form a compound sentence. But the reality of it is, is there's multiple ways that you can combine a sentence. You know, you can take two sentences that are similar and combine them to where they have a compound subject or a simple sentence with a compound predicate, or you can take two simple sentences and put them into a compound some, a, a compound sentence that's joined with a comma and a conjunction, or you can combine them into a complex sentence. And when students realize that you can combine two ideas into one sentence, this is where you're giving them tools to where then they are able to revise their own writing. Mm -hmm. So when they're sitting down to look at their essay or their paragraph and they're like, okay, I see two short sentences here that are on, you know, the same sort of topic. I can combine these ideas into a sentence. But in order for our students to have confidence in their ability to revise, they need to get practice with doing this. So combining sentences, and again, you can write two sentences on the board. You can have your students come up with, you know, two sentences. It could be a reflection of your day. It could be a preview of your learning. It could be connected to something that you are learning about, but you want them to be able to see two ideas that are related in sentences and figure out the best way to combine them. Hmm. And this is a great, I mean, all of these, but these are also great opportunities to bring in key grammar skills. Oftentimes we teach grammar and isolation with the grammar worksheet, but it's like, if you're combining sentences, this is a great time to talk about capitalization, punctuation, you know, conjunctions. There's lots of conversation that can come in when combining sentences that you can use to authentically teach grammar in a way that makes sense. Oh, that's so true. And that's so needed. I just picturing right now doing that as like an exit slip and having them work with partners or in small groups and, you know, seeing what they can come up with reflecting on the day. I mean, there's so many ways that you can do simple, just five minute opportunities, these routines um, that really can make a big difference in their writing. So absolutely. I mean, any of these could be used as an exit ticket for you just taught a lesson. It could be a math science, any lesson, and you could easily use one of these sentence level writing activities as your exit slip and your you know, you're good. working on content, but also working on writing <laughs> at the same time. It's so doable. It's so doable. Tell us another one. Yeah. So this one's probably one of the students' favorites. And this is when students are unscrambling a sentence. So, and this again would work great if you're learning about, you know, the water cycle in science or you're learning about communities and social studies, give them a sentence and, t- you know, all of the words should be scrambled up. So it can off like work great if you take a sentence strip, have students, you know, write down the sentence on a sentence strip and then cut it up. So they see all of the words in a sentence, but they are out of order. And this is really great because it helps students understand, you know, going back to what syntax is, it's the rules that tells us the order and arrangement of words in a sentence. Well, they are getting practice doing this. And how often do students, you know, especially ELL students come up with a sentence, but we're like, no, that doesn't, that does not make sense. Like the the ideas are there, but we have (laughs) words out of order. 
But again, these are one of those things where sometimes it just takes practice Practice. and exposure to understand the order, you know, that's correct. Where, you know, again, most of the time we're going to start a sentence with our noun phrase and we're going to end with a verb phrase. And so if students see eight or nine words that are scrambled, they have to be able to look at those words and say, okay, which one of these is the subject of the sentence? What is the Mm. sentence about? Okay, I'm going to start with that. And then it's like, okay, what is what is the predicate? What is the action? Okay, that's going to come after. And then what other words are either associated with the subject or the predicate? And so it helps them figure out the connection and the relationship between individual words and phrases in the sentence and the order in which they need to be combined in order for that whole sentence to make sense. And this is fun because at the start of the year, you can start out by giving your students, you know, four or maybe five words in a very simple sentence to see if they can get it in order. But by the end of the year, you can be giving them 12 or 15 word sentences that are complex and, you know, these difficult sentences, but they're able to figure it out because slowly over time, they've had a lot of experience practicing unscrambling sentences and their knowledge and understanding of sentence structure has increased significantly throughout the year. This could easily be one that you differentiate. I mean, even I'm thinking of of my listeners who are working with mixed groups, they might have newcomers who are new to English and they might have intermediates who are ready for you know, more complex sentence unscrambling those. But just how easily you could do the same sentence and maybe add in the pictures for the newcomers or keep some of the phrases together so they're seeing those together. They don't have to figure out where you know this, this word goes for the students who are more advanced, maybe separating all the words or not using the visuals. So, I mean, there's just so many ways that you can add in a little bit of scaffolding, but do the same routine and the same activity with a mixed group of students, which is really such a time saver, I know. Absolutely. And even with like, you know, I loved how you said, keep some of the words together. So students are, you know, to start with, maybe they're unscrambling phrases rather than just individual words. Yeah. Or even for your more advanced students, you could give them blanks. So they know it's like, okay, there's a word that goes in the sentence. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but, you so know, true. it helps them understand places and, you know, roles of the words within a sentence. So yeah, that's that's a great one. So the last one is super simple and again can be done with it can be done with any subject area. You can use a picture. It could be like I said a reflection about their day and that's just having students write the four different types of sentences. So having them write a statement, mm-hmm. having them write a command, having them write a question and having them write an ex- exclamation. And I like having them write four different types of sentences about the same topic mm-hmm. or you know if you gave them a picture and say write four sentences about this picture. This can be really great because it gets them practice writing a variety of sentences, but oftentimes what they end up doing is they will it's called sentence transformation. So this is where they take their question and turn it into a statement or take their statement and turn it into a question. You know, so um, the girl went to the park is the statement. And maybe the question is, why did the girl go to the park? And this can be really great for students to get practice when it comes time to answer those constructed response questions at the end of the year. If the question is, you know, why did the girl go to the park? Then they're going to start their sentence by saying, you know, the girl went to the park because, you know, whatever it is. So when students can get practice taking the same sort of ideas and concepts and manipulating the sentences Mm -hmm. in different sentence types, that just helps with their sentence writing fluency and their ability to figure out, okay, it's like, it's the same idea, but I'm asking a different type of sentence. So I need to order the words in, in a different way. But again, it's a super, super simple sentence writing routine, but giving students practice with writing the four different sentence types is a great way just to increase their knowledge and understanding of how we write sentences. So true. And just to play around with the words and see how adding in, you know, the why at the beginning changes the meaning of this. And yeah. Yeah. 
I love that. Or even like that one's great too for if we, you know, talk going back to how we talked about the importance of teaching sentence writing within the context of bigger writing. Mm -hmm. This can be a great thing to do if you are beginning to do paragraph writing and you're talking about topic sentences or concluding sentences and how oftentimes, you know, we, we don't want the same sentence structure throughout our paragraph. So maybe you're going to start your, start your topic sentence with a question, you know, and, or you're going to start with an exclamation, a strong statement. And so giving students tools that they can then apply to their actual paragraph writing is going to help them feel much more confident when it comes time to write these longer writing assignments. I mean, Sarah, these feel so doable and easy to implement. Do you have any tips on like when this would be best to fit into a teacher's instructional day or what that looks like? Yeah. So I think, I mean, I think the important thing is, is that we just commit to finding time throughout our day to focus on sentence level writing and it can fit in anywhere. And so I think as a teacher to figure out where does it feel the easiest for me to start focusing on these types of writing activities. And that could be, you know, starting off your writing block, spending the first five to seven minutes on a sentence level writing activity. So you could use this as a writing warm up where every day you're going to go through, you know, on Monday, you're going to expand sentences. Tuesday, you're going to find and fix fragments. Wednesday, you know, whatever that is. Um, so you could do it as a writing warm up. You could make this part of a literacy center. You know, if you do literacy centers in your classroom, you could have a writing center and put these activities in there. You know, you, you could either assign them or students could choose them. I love the idea of using these as exit slips for other content areas, because I think that's when it makes it, when, when students have something real and authentic to write about, it's much easier than if it's imaginary or just sort of abstract, you know, so using these as exit slips for your science, social studies, math lessons, um, even using them as part of your morning work. I know oftentimes, Mm -hmm. you know, when students come into the classroom, I know at least in my classroom, we kind of had this like 30 minute window when students had a rolling start. And so we always had a sort of morning routine where if students showed up at seven 30 or eight o'clock, they went through the same set of steps to help start our day these sentence level writing activities could be a part of your morning routine. Mm-hmm. It could be homework every day, you know, so there's multiple ways to fit them in and there's not necessarily one right or wrong way to do it. I think as a teacher, it's a matter of figuring out where does it feel the easiest for me to start incorporating some of these activities into my instruction and start there. Committing to start to, to finding mm-hmm. one way to begin to just um, add in a little bit more writing. And I always encourage ESL teachers who are working with mixed group, especially like do these same routines and for newcomers, just do it orally, you know, having them work through the same thing orally is going to help them to produce the writing down the road. Um, So these things can be used wherever your level of your students are at, but they're going to be so helpful for them to really develop those skills down the road um, by building. Absolutely. So I know Sarah writing is an area that can feel overwhelming. I know administrators want teachers to increase students' writing skills, but are not really providing a lot of the support needed to figure out what does this look like, like this, just really practical, tangible ways that we can make that happen. Do you have more information that you could share with us of how we could learn more? I do. I actually just put together a podcast series. It's a free private podcast for any teacher who wants to sign up for it. It is called the Confident Writer System Series. And it's basically like a little mini professional development series for teachers who want to grow in the area of writing. You know, because like I said earlier, I think this is one of the areas where there isn't enough professional development or support out there. And I want I want to make it easy for teachers. I want teachers to feel confident and I want them to realize it's like, okay, building a strong writing foundation 
doesn't take a ton of time and effort. So I put together this free private podcast. There's five episodes. They're all, you know, around 10 minutes. So it's pretty quick to listen to it. And I talk through things like mistakes that writing teachers make and how we can, you know, improve our instruction in some really easy, quick wins. I talk about how to build a strong writing foundation. I talk a lot about how to master sentence writing with your students. And we also spend some time talking about a paragraph writing routine that once your students have those sentence writing skills, it's like, okay, now we want to help put those skills in the context of a paragraph. And what does that look like in our instruction? And then I also share some really easy and manageable ways to teach writing daily. And so if any of your listeners are interested in signing up for that free podcast professional development series, they can go to stellarteacher.com slash writing podcast. That's all one word, stellarteacher.com slash writing podcast. And like I said, I just, I remember I struggled to teach writing when I first started in the classroom and I, I just hated sort of that feeling of like, okay, this is really important yet I don't yeah. know how to do it well. And so yes. I wanted to put together something for teachers that would hopefully help them feel more confident and just really know how do I help my students who are struggling with writing. Well, and anybody listening here can tell how much passion and knowledge you have about writing and reading. And so I know this podcast is going to be so extremely helpful. So please go and listen. We'll put a link in the show notes and sign up for that free private podcast because yeah, you've already shared so much today that I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, my mind's turning in so many ways to just start implementing these things yeah. and and getting, you know, making that difference now of just those small steps. And that's and that's what I, I was sharing with Sarah here before we got on of just this whole series and the importance of those small steps we're taking for our students to succeed. You know, sometimes we just get so overwhelmed with all the big things that are happening and we and we get paralyzed of taking those those steps because there's so many decisions to be made, but the reality is those little things that we do starting to implement a writing routine is going to pay off. It's going to make a difference with our students. And so go dive in, listen to the podcast, really really practical, tactical ways that you can build writers super helpful. So we will put a link in the show notes in case you're driving and you don't, you can't write that down. I don't want you to miss out on this. So Sarah, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. I mean, this is just so incredibly helpful. So thank you for all you're doing for teachers all around the world. Thanks for having me back, Beth. This was a great conversation. Absolutely. And you can find more about Sarah at Tune in every Monday to the Stellar Teacher podcast if you're looking for another podcast to add to yeah. your playlist um, or stellarteacher.com and you can find links to all of our social media, um, our membership, Teachers Pay Teachers Store, anything that you want to know, you'll be able to find it there, including the private podcast. Excellent. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Sarah. Thanks, Beth. Thank you for joining me in today's episode. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you're looking for even more support and done-for-you resources created specifically for the needs of ELLs, head to inspiringyounglearners.com. I'll catch you here next week. Until then, take that next step to keep equipping your ELLs.